Philip DeFranco's strange take on 9 to 5 jobs versus content creation. So Philip DeFranco had this segment at the beginning of his most recent episode. It's this constant discussion that has happened over and over again. Various people have had shit takes about it. Whether or not being a YouTuber or a content creator in general is harder than having a 9 to 5 job. Too clear the air. Your job is not harder than a 9 to 5. My job now has hard moments, but to say that it's harder than a 9 to 5, that's so fucking stupid. Like The most I'll give you is that there are some hard things that we experience that are not relatable to other people, but they're still so easy compared to some 9 to 5 that's probably draining you of your soul. And even for the people that are like, content creation is harder than a 9 to 5, if it was, you wouldn't probably be fucking doing it. How righteous of you to sacrifice your desire to work at a 9 to 5's. His statement is just definitively, having a nine to five job is harder, all of them. As a fact, nine to five job harder than being a content creator. For those who, of us who exist in reality, where there's a bit of nuance in existence, the range of what a nine to five job is, is anything from, you know, sitting in an office, browsing Reddit and then going home, versus like cleaning up shit and taking shit from customers every day. There's a huge range there. And then on the content creator side, there's like, you know, you can be Asmongold watching 10 videos a day, giving them to your editors, editors, people who just upload them to your YouTube channel, and then doing fuck all else the rest of the day. And then there's people who are like spending six months doing in-depth research and like building engineering projects. Like the range of what a nine to five is and the range of what a content creator's job is, is so varied that there has to be some overlap where it's easier to work a nine to five and it's easier to work a content creator job and it's harder to work a content creator job and it's harder to work a nine to five. There has to be overlap there. I have worked nine to fives and I can say with absolute certainty all of them were easier than my job that I'm doing right now. The difference is the job I have now is far more flexible and rewarding. It's not the, it's not the difficulty. DeFranco here makes some dumb statement where he's like, I oh, meant if your content creator job was harder than nine to five, you wouldn't be fucking doing it. Of course you would. If it's more rewarding, people's assessment as to what they're going to do with their lives isn't simply a matter of difficulty, but a matter of reward in relation to that difficulty, right? If everyone was only going to do the easiest thing, irrespective of the reward, everyone would just sit around and do nothing all day, because that's the easiest thing to do. You get nothing out of it, but it's the easiest thing to do. The reason why we're content creators, even if it is more difficult than jobs we've had in the past, is because it's more rewarding. Like my my job working at Coles, stacking shelves in, in the fresh produce department was great and infinitely easier than what I do now. But so, so little reward for it. No respects, no money, no career prospects. It, it, like monotonous, boring, but easy. And I could certainly make my job that I have now even easier if I wanted to. I could just do less for less reward. DeFranco has one of the easiest jobs as a content creator on the planet. He should not be using his hims, himself, his content creator career as like the average content creator's career. All he does is he goes, okay, what are the top stories of the day that other people have researched and written? Then he reads them to his audience and gives his opinion. Everyone has an opinion on stories. He doesn't have to think up new ideas every day. He doesn't have to build things. He doesn't have to do in-depth research. He just can use other people's research and regurgitate his opinions. His job is going to be easier than the vast majority of nine to five jobs. But fuck, there are some content creators who... I, I can't even fathom how they do what they do. Like these, these like, in, they, they're basically like in themselves documentary crews. They're going around the world doing like their own research. They've got like astronomical pages of research on different topics to make singular videos. And, and it's just like saying their jobs are easier than nine to fives is just dumb. It's just dumb. I just hate this 
feeling that people have that they have to speak authoritatively in, in this most black and white statements possible. Everything is X. Everything is Y. There are no exceptions. Life is not that simple. Like if you want to talk about the average content creator's life, they are making less than minimum wage and struggling to do it. This industry is fucking brutal. As a matter of fact, I would argue that the average content creator is working a nine to five along with being a content creator because they can't make enough money just being a content creator. The majority of content creators are probably also nine to five workers. Most content creators aren't Philip DeFranco, a multi-millionaire whose job is regurgitating other people's hard done research, other people's news articles, while sitting in a chair and giving, giving that work to someone else to edit, not having to think up new ideas. I would, I would argue I am nowhere close to having the most difficult content creator job. Most of my stuff is working with video games that other people have created. I still have to think up new ideas and twists on those things to make content, of course, but I'm not having to think, like, start at the ground floor every single time and build up to making some sort of a robot that can fucking tap dance or some shit. And not everyone is those celebrity YouTubers that can make 10K anytime they upload a video. Exactly. All nine to fives aren't the same. Some are piss easy and some that are and fairly rewarding, while others are massively, soul-crushingly terrible for no reward. And that is the same way with content creator jobs. Acting as though the world is simple, it's just dumb. Add some nuance to your life. Will YouTube ban you all if I stream chaos here? A long time back in Rambles, I mentioned that Markiplier was doing a YouTube live stream and a bunch of his viewers got banned because he asked them to type repeatedly like a red light or a green light or like a red paddle or a green paddle, something representing no and yes, and it was a big scandal. And that was maybe a year ago now. And I realized if I ever want to do chaos on YouTube, I might be risking that same thing happening. I actually messaged my YouTube partner manager guy. I'm like, hey, uh, if I did chaos on YouTube, would all my viewers get banned? And he's like, huh, I'll have to inquire about that. And I'm like, I understand having spam protections, but like when you as a live streamer can't just ask your viewers to spam for a bit for funsies like that's a that's a little bit weird right like twitch has an inbuilt spam feature in that it doesn't allow you to type the same message twice within 30 seconds that's why chaos goes from numbers one to four and then five to eight so you can alternate between them every 30 seconds and that's a good feature why does youtube not just have that feature instead of banning people automatically for typing too much hope that isn't the case but we'll see what happens. That reminds me, I actually got a message from um, my YouTube partner manager. No user will be banned. Simply not able to post chat messages more once limits are reached in the period. By default, viewers are limited to 200 characters and a maximum of 11 submissions every 30 seconds. Event owners are not subject to the frequency threshold, so I can spam as much as I want. Viewers cannot post special characters, URLs, or HTML tags. The creator can configure and enable slow mode so that most users don't hit the above limit. So long story short, I've got slow mode of 10 seconds on. There's no way for you guys to spam so much that you will uh, suffer any reprimand from YouTube. Uh, as I say, chaos currently doesn't work on YouTube. I, I don't know how hard Pongo or anyone else in the chaos crew is working to have that work. Until it does work, of course, I'll just do it on Twitch. Same thing with GTA Guesser, but everything else I'm just going to do on YouTube because, you know, why not? Does my Twitch audience watch my YouTube live streams? How many of you caught one of my YouTube 
live streams. So 70% of you, probably be a little bit more when we get the YouTube Discord announcements done. YouTube shutters don't seem that bad, to be honest. I think YouTube's filtering system probably removes anything that's really bad, but it's roughly the same people who watch me on Twitch. When 95% of the people find me from YouTube, it's not that big of a difference. I won't repeat my Twitch streaming mistakes with YouTube streaming. I made a lot of mistakes when it came to uh, Twitch streaming that I plan to not make with YouTube streaming. Like I eventually became so focused on making the best YouTube content possible that I did like nothing else to make my streaming experience better. One biggest example is turning off alerts. Well, alerts can have some funny things happen and give me questions to answer and uh, enable people to, you know, interact with the stream. They can be distracting from YouTube content, stuff I'm making, even though I can remove them in post. Like I can be mid speaking about something and then lose my train of thought because an alert goes off. But because I have alerts turned off so frequently, no one knows when it'll actually appear and say something on stream. So I get far fewer alerts. I continuously foster in people a feeling of disappointment when they subscribe or give bits or something and then nothing happens and they're sitting there like i've been there where i've donated to someone i've sat there for like 10 minutes being like so is it gonna do something am i waiting for the alert to go off or is it you know i can just think of the hundreds of people over the years that have sat there in anticipation when nothing's happened and that can foster resentment towards the stream i'm like zero to three and you noticing donors i just read them all at the end but that's not what a live stream is meant to be it's meant to be more interactive Alerts being off is sometimes a bummer. Exactly. On YouTube, I'm effectively never going to turn them off. Also, over time, I just less and less looked at chat, which made things harder as well. So I'm switching. We'll see. YouTube is changing its layout again. So I've talked a lot about how subscriptions on YouTube don't seem to matter nearly as much as they used to. How you have these channels with tens of millions of subscribers, but they're getting like no viewers. I mean, PewDiePie, for example, I know he's not the best example because he's pseudo-retired, like he isn't grinding to get the most views ever, but he's got 111 million subscribers. He's getting one or two million views a video. You can find worse examples, people with 5 million subs who are getting 20,000 views a video, you know. Subs don't seem to add all that much, and I've talked about my back end where I only get 5% of my views from the sub feed, and I've had other people share similar results where it's 80, 90% of views come from recommendations. And one thing that is suggesting that YouTube is kind of acknowledging this is that they're rolling out a new, they're rolling out a new layout for YouTube where this is what it looks like. The sub button is now like white. It used to be red. You stand out like, I mean, like, you know what it looks like, but yeah. So like it used to be red, blaring, uh, and now it's like muted, like just, you know, kind of there. Oh, look at people like small new creators and they'll be like, oh, I'll be such a milestone to hit a thousand subscribers. And it's just like, it doesn't matter. Your videos will be judged based on how good they are. Gaining an audience these days is finding people who always click your videos in the algorithm so the algorithm will always feed them your newest videos, right? It's not finding people who will press the subscribe button, it's finding people who will continuously click your videos so they continuously get them fed to them. Oh, psychologically it's a milestone, yes, because the algorithm and all the numbers on the back end, right? They're like invisible. They don't feel as real as that number that's next to your name, X amount of subscribers. And you get your little plaque and stuff and it's like, oh, good job, you know? That's why I, even though I don't think subscribers matter all that much, when I got a million subs, it was like, I feel good. This is great. I hit an achievement. It isn't that those subscribers don't matter. 
at all. They have some value, especially in particular circumstances. It's just they're not the most important thing. The most important thing is largely completely invisible to us, and that's the workings of the algorithm. And so it's hard to feel an achievement when the algorithm's doing stuff, you know? Did shorts help me reach 1 million sooner? No, I did shorts after that. I mean, if I really wanted to hit 2 million really fast, all I would do is just stop making normal content and do nothing but shorts for like three months, and I'll probably hit a million subs. My cameo in Carl Jobs' video. I did a cameo in Carl Jobs' video, Video Game Collector Calls Me a Fraud. How this came about was the dude said something so stupid that the first thing that came to Carl's mind was my old paint rants where someone would say something and I'd open paint and explain the thing using like a poorly drawn diagram. And so he's like, hey, can you do that for me? For what he's saying here? The basic premise is that another creator was accusing Carl of thinking that the entire video game collector market is a scam. Hey, check this out. This circle represents the entire graded video games market. Within this, you've got the different grading companies, auction houses, you've got the private sellers, the professional resellers, you've got collectors and speculators and so on. And this little circle here represents water games and heritage auctions. Now, if you look very closely, you should be able to see that this circle is actually smaller than the larger circle. This naturally being unsurprising because if you are a part of something, by definition, you are not the totality of that thing. So if water and heritage perpetrate a scam, that does not mean the entire market itself is a scam. Because again, this is small circle and this is big circle. You get it? Being critical of a part of something doesn't necessitate being critical of the entire thing. So I did like three takes of that. That was my first take and he thought that was the best one. I disagree. I thought the third take was better, but uh, I think it came out pretty well. It's fun to be included. Improvement to future cooking videos. So that cooking video that I plan to do, I am probably going to delay it. I hope I can do it before I go to Melbourne, but I want to get my entire house treated for Echo, including my kitchen. It's worked so well here. I'm just going to have a bunch of these black panels, which me you can kind of see, probably not because it's so dark, put on my roof, but they're going to be white downstairs. I need to buy like 50 of them. If you go back and watch my cooking videos, which I'm sure you all have because they're some of the best videos I've ever made, the echo is abysmal. And so hopefully with the next episode, it won't be that way. I have merch, you know. Emo, I'm not sure it looks so funny without the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I need to start shilling my merch every single stream. Like, why don't I do that, chat? Like, just at the beginning of the stream going like, hey guys, just so you remember, uh, my merch exists. Like, isn't that cool? Like, look at all the mugs. There's like 80 designs now, including ones of my face. Yeah, the mugs are very nice. And then there's like stickers and t-shirts and mouse pads and tank tops and uh, hoodies. Yeah, so if you want to pick those up, feel free. PewDiePie's retirement from the YouTube grind. So PewDiePie came out with a video. Only thing it confirms is what I've said many times in the past, that a few years ago, PewDiePie pseudo-retired, where he's just making videos for himself. He's not trying to grind to get the most possible views anymore. And he's not doing all those kind of small, fairly meaningless things that other content creators do to keep themselves in relevance anymore. I've talked about this before when I was a somewhat commentary YouTuber, which was my first channel, where you had to sit there and you, you go, 
I need something to talk about. And you specifically look for something to give you opinion on. And it's just so soul crushing where you're like, I need to make a video. I'm going to talk about this even though I don't care about it. I'm only caring about it to make content. And that's why I never want to be a commentary YouTuber again. I never want to have to force myself to give a fuck about something to make content. It's, it's soul crushing. There's a lot of stuff you have to do as a content creator to maintain your relevance. Where it's just, you're making stuff because you need content rather than you being inspired or passionate about the particular thing you're doing. And PewDiePie in this video is basically saying, yeah, I'm doing none of that anymore. I'm just doing stuff because I want to. He's, he's not quitting. He's just like retired from that ridiculous grind of doing all the meaningless bullshit that you kind of have to do to be the biggest. PewDiePie still continues because money, fuck no. There's no way he's driven by money. He has more money than any person could need for a Virginian lifetimes, right? There was tons of content. He, he could be still farming out a video every single day to make more money, but he's not. Look at, look at these thumbnails, right? It's just him chilling. The strange feeling seeing people discuss what you believe. Yesterday, I was reading someone else's comment section. The topic of me and reaction content came up. And this person speaks on my behalf and gives like a fair kind of summary of what I believe. It's not perfect, yeah, but it's in the ballpark. Like clearly they've watched the videos. They had like 20 likes on their comment. Then another comment responds. It has like 80 likes. And it's like, um, you don't actually know what Dark Viper AU believes, okay? Uh, you clearly didn't watch his shit. And then he goes on to completely misrepresent what I believe. And I was looking at this like, I need to stop caring. Maybe this will be it. Maybe this will finally be the silver bullet where I stop giving a fuck. I go so many places and it seems like everyone seems to know what I believe, but like that video, my expose or whatever, it's got 500,000 views, but like the average person only watched like 15 minutes of it or something. Like I talked about like uh, making another video in the React series, looking at some things that Asmongold said about reaction content around the time, because he's been lying about it forever, because obviously it's very profitable and he doesn't want that to go away. But I just feel it'd be so pointless. I put so much effort into explaining in like the most irrefutable way the bullshit nature of reaction content, and I made a video and no one fucking watched it. I'm like, why? Why do I? Why do I keep? Why do I keep trying? Why do I keep caring? It, you know, it's not gonna. I'm not gonna change any more minds. It's just gonna be wasting my time. I got better shit to do. And besides, I have those other three videos on from the lies that Asmongol said back in 2020. So they're, they're not much different 2022. But it was very frustrating seeing that interaction and just being like, wow, fuck everything. You know, my fruit tier list. What are my thoughts on oranges? They don't taste all that good. If you want to have like a good orange juice, it's probably going to be full of like 50% sugar or some, some shit, where it's even worse for you than like just normal sugar soft drink. And if you want to just eat a normal orange, it's got like that outer shell that you got to peel and it's squishy. It goes everywhere. You get stuff in your teeth. Uh, I, I would rate oranges like a, a D fruit, like maybe even an F. Not a fan. No, 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 we can't give an F because, you know, a good orange juice can be delicious sometimes. But the actual eating of the orange juice, no, uh, the oranges, no, not a fan. Am I saying that oranges are overrated? Do I look like a guy walking around asking people like, my, my dude doing a survey, what is your opinion of oranges? I know what other people think of oranges. Maybe, maybe like everyone else also thinks oranges are garbage. Maybe I'm in the majority here, I don't know. How am I gonna know the average rating of a fruit? What are my thoughts on apples? Apples come in so many varieties. There's like 50 different types of, of apples. How can you hate apples? My A plus fruit, it's probably gonna be apples. Like as I say, there's just so many different flavors of apples. You can always find something. Uh, below that, passion fruit. 
I, and I know that's a divisive statement because passion fruit is very sweet, right? <laughs> hates himself because he hates oranges. Not true. I hate myself for completely other reasons. <laughs> Be sure to like and subscribe. Also leave a comment if you have something on your mind. My feed gives them to me from all over my channel. It doesn't matter how old the video is. I wish you all the best.